0: In a world of what are you's, welcome to the place where the answer is always human. My name is Natalie and you're listening to Some Kind of Brown, a podcast about mixed and multiracial life, current events, and ways to build the best life by a southern girl who's trying to figure it out for herself. Hello again, beautiful people. Before I get into the last part of the episode with Sam, I just wanted to say a few things. First of all, I would like to thank Charmaine, or Mixed Girl Maine, from Militantly Mixed for your wonderful review on iTunes, I appreciate it so much. If you're interested in mixed and multiracial issues as well, I highly recommend you check out Militantly Mixed, I genuinely enjoy her podcast. I'd also like to address that some of you may have noticed that I sounded a little off in my intros and outros in the last episode. And if you aren't following me on Instagram or Twitter, you don't know that I am recovering from removal of most of my thyroid. So I sounded a bit rough last week and I might sound a little bit rough in the future, but things are getting better. And on that note, I have a special collaboration coming out on Friday. I've been a little personal and talked to you about my own racial experiences growing up in the South, but I haven't told you very much about my own life, and I was invited by a new friend, a new podcasting friend, to collab with her and talk about some of the health things that have been going on in my life, and kind of led to creating this podcast. So if you're interested in that, keep an eye out for that episode on Friday. And with that, let's get into the rest of the conversation with Sam.
1: exactly it's something that is not going to obviously completely turn the tide which i i think is you know difficult for any movie to really achieve like you said i think of it as something to celebrate my own culture but also something to start educating other people in my culture as well and it's it's a shame that any movie has to stand up and just be like we're not rapists we're not like these horrible criminals that this administration is saying, because that's insane it blows my mind. But it is interesting that it's coming out at this point to have a little bit of access to people who are not of this culture. And it's a touchstone, I think. So they can go back and just be like, well, look at Coco. They have this, and I know this about Mexican culture from that. And I hope that it's something that will spark people into researching a little bit more about Dia de los Muertos or about Mexico in general and kind of get a more nuanced understanding of it. Because obviously, at the end of the day, it is a Pixar movie. It is marketed, I mean, towards family, but a lot towards children. It's very bright and colorful. Mm -hmm. And it's working towards its own thing.
0: Well, I will say that as a proud aunt and someone who sees their nephew frequently, even though it's marketed towards children, adults are inflicted with children movies.
1: (laughs) Exactly. That's why I like a lot of children's media now being a lot more progressive. With Coco, you saw it with representation for Mexican culture. But even stuff like Steven Universe has gotten a lot of attention for being open with different gender identities and sexual orientations oh really it's um all centered around gems so they're not like humans um they have their in kind of culture and their own way of dealing with that that's not as explicit but they have that even in adventure time they finally had the two i feel horrible i don't watch adventure time i know one's marceline and one is some kind of bulldog princess uh, but they finally had them at the end of the series i i know things i really know things It's become a lot more progressive and I've seen a lot of strides specifically in media marketed towards children. And I think it is really useful because of what you said. It teaches children young that there are people that are a lot different than them and how to accept them and how to learn from them and celebrate them. But it also gets the adults too. And hopefully it will get them thinking of different ways, I guess, to lead their life if they're not as inclusive as you and I are, or if they're not necessarily used to people that different from them. Hopefully while they're forced to watch that along with their kids... (laughs) I mean, if you have a captive audience, you might as well teach them something. And I think that's definitely really interesting to see, because I've seen it a lot for a lot of different children's media, at least marketed towards younger people. So it's interesting you brought that up. It's nice to have that, especially because Pixar movies are very family oriented. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are seeing it with the full family. Hopefully they'll learn as much as the kids do. And that's, you know, all we can hope for, or not all, but at least a big thing we can hope for from movies of that nature.
0: Right. Well, I mean, in my experience, most people, once they are confronted with a new idea or a new way of looking at something, they tend to be curious and learn more. I think it's not going to do anything for people who are extreme or people who aren't really open to new ideas. But Maybe it's the optimist inside of me, but I think most people, once they have an access point, once they are confronted with some kind of change, I hope that that would inspire them to look at things in a new way.
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's keep coming back to the LGBTQ community, but I see a lot of it in that too, specifically with Drag Race. I watch Drag Race a lot and (laughs) privy, I guess, to some online communities that talk about drag race and like recap it and all this stuff and even then you'll see a lot of straight people namely straight men who will come in and say like you know our my girlfriend like really likes it so i started watching it or like they came to it somehow where normally they wouldn't because obviously it's drag queens and it's very much about the lgbtq community or at least made by them and you see a lot of straight men who get to that and that's their access point. And then they're like, we really love this queen or that queen. And I really, it really opened up my eyes to so the amount of work that you put into this. And this is like an art form. It's not just like this weird thing. Like you said, it won't get people that are completely closed off, but I don't know exactly what would that really kind of has to come from them. Right. But for people who you know are normal, fine upstanding citizens who aren't well-versed or people who maybe were raised with one way of thinking who don't have a lot of access to diversity or a lot of different people, people who think differently from them, it is maybe the first seed that will get them to start researching different cultures or different identities to people different from them or start watching and learning from them. And I think that's really, really important.
0: Yeah. And I'm very optimistic about that. I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty naive about things, but I, I am pretty optimistic that, If anything, cocoa is a seed that could lead to better things. But on that subject, as a multiracial person, where would you like to see this country go as far as the conversation around being multiracial and part Mexican in particular?
1: Um, I mean, I'm really of the mind that the more diversity and kind of melding and learning from everyone else, the better. It's a conversation that's necessary because there are so many more people who are mixed or multiracial living in the country. I mean, in the world, really, but in the country specifically today. So you're going to encounter more people like this. And I think that is obviously a wonderful thing. I just feel like there's a lot. Of pressure from the outside of whatever culture you uh, look at, like specifically for me, there's a lot of pressure from outside Mexican culture and a lot of pressure from inside Mexican culture for different reasons.
0: I can understand that. <laughs> it's
1: it's difficult, and I'm sure you have this with your cultures as well. But it's it's difficult because you don't feel a lot of the times like there's somewhere definite you can go back to, like, that's home. Mm -hmm. Like, if I were fully Mexican, at least, you know, you belong with Mexican people. Or if you're fully, like, one culture, it's easier to feel like you fit in and you belong. And with being multiracial, it's a bit more of a tricky thing. I just wish it would be less of a tricky kind of balancing act. Because I think it's a beautiful thing. I think that people being able to identify with multiple cultures and backgrounds can only be a good thing. You can only learn from more diversity and more backgrounds and more combinations of backgrounds. And I think it's a beautiful thing, but it is sometimes a difficult thing. Two of my really uh, good friends are Puerto Rican from Puerto Rico. And I mean, we have a group chat and I just like, we had a conversation one day about you know, what we're talking about here, like me being Mexican and like not being able to speak Spanish and it kind of like, I feel weird about it. And they were like, so supportive about it, which was really just like comforting, really great to hear. And I'd love more conversations like that with more support from both sides. I mean, inside and outside of the culture. As of now, at least in my experience, it is turning towards that. Because I've encountered, I mean, at least even personally, a lot more people who are multiracial and more people who are mixed. So I feel like the conversation is happening more. As a result, it is opening up and becoming a bit more common and a bit more or people are a bit more used to it. I just hope it continues in that direction.
0: I think you brought up a good point because... In my experience and my journey of finding a home for myself, because I feel like being multiracial, everyone has feels like they have to find a home and they find a home somewhere. I think that one of the biggest hurdles we have and one of the best things we can do for ourselves is find a home for ourselves in the cultural identities that we want to be a part of. Like, I have built a family for myself and my Cherokee side. I mean, they are my family, but I've made efforts to reconnect with them. And I have made an online and in-person group of friends that make me f- feel connected to my blackness. And the people who don't accept me, they're not a part of that. They can, they can be a part of my cultural home or they can't, but they can never take away That part of my identity. So for us who are multiracial, we kind of have to make our homes ourselves, find that group of people that's accepting and kind of hold on to that. Because whether so and so doesn't accept us or not, that is our home.
1: And I feel like finding a community of support doesn't have to necessarily be exactly where you come from, or a part of your blood family, if that's not something you have access to, or if you don't have a ton of people who Are immersed in that culture or understand you still have, especially with the rise of the internet and social media, a lot of people who are like you and feel kind of the same things and go through the same things, have similar identities or similar struggles. And even if they don't, you know, people who are supportive and empathetic and just like kind of get it. So it's nicer now, I think, because you can forge your own right. family and your own community and your own kind of support system. So where if you don't feel like you belong in either place, you can make a place where you belong. And I love that. And I hope that everyone finds that. And I hope that everyone has access to that or is able to navigate that themselves.
0: I think that is a good message for anyone out there who is multiracial, mixed, however you identify. If you have been rejected by your own community or someone in your community, there's always somewhere to look where you can find a community for you elsewhere. But that is where we are going to end today. Sam, would you like to tell everyone where they can find you? Do you have an Instagram?
1: I do. I am on Instagram as my first and last name, Sam.morel M-O-R-E-L. I mainly use that i have a twitter but it's usually just angry political (laughs) retweets i mean if you're really into that it's at sam says words but instagram is mainly where i am come follow me and like my pictures so i have some external validation
0: okay listen sam is beautiful and he takes pictures with sparkly glitter on his face that you know i'm I'm into that
1: thank you (laughs) we have one endorsement is gorgeous too so please follow her if you aren't already but i mean if you're listening to this podcast you should be so get on it
0: be warned i have no pictures with sparkly glitter on my face so don't come looking for glitter and be disappointed okay
1: exactly but she has a sparkly personality so that'll come out
0: Uh, (laughs) thank you well i love talking to sam is my friend from college Mm -hmm. but this is the first time somehow we have really got into these things.
1: I know, it was really fun. I loved it. Thank you for having me, by the way. It's been an honor getting to talk about this with you. And talk about I mean this with you in general. Like you said, we haven't really had in depth conversations, so it's been fun.
0: It's been fun for me too. Oh, so much for tuning in to another episode i'm sad to see sam go but luckily he's my friend and i get to talk to him all the time if you're loving sam you can show him some love on his instagram at sam.morel m-o-r-e-l and as always you can follow me on instagram and twitter at some kind of brown if you're enjoying this podcast please leave me a rate and review on itunes any kind of feedback really helps and i love hearing from you guys Just as a reminder, I do have another episode coming out on Friday with another podcast, which I will leave as a surprise, so you'll see. Keep an eye out for the episode on Friday, and hopefully you'll like hearing a different side of me. Thank you to Purple Planet for the use of their song, Love Life, and I'll see you on Friday with some more Shades of Brown. Podcast friend love!
1: You can't see it, but I'm making a heart with my hands. Oh my gosh, I did that too.